Welcome to episode four of Behind the Glass Hunting Podcast. It's Chris here. Today I'm running solo. Uh, my buddy Nick's not able to make it, so that's a bit of a bummer, but you guys are stuck with me instead. If you make it to the end, kudos to you. I really appreciate the support. So we actually, I've actually already recorded this podcast once. I actually did it with a couple of the boys as well. I did it with Sean, who's been on the podcast before. Uh, Taylor Woodcock, one of my good buddies and a hunting partner of mine. Uh, and Eric Schatz, yeah, same thing, a good friend and a hunting partner. We just ran into a whole slew of issues with that podcast. Um, definitely some technical issues. We're all running different microphones and trying to do it remotely. Um, and then I think it was just a little bit late at night and everyone was kind of off kilter and it, the podcast, apart from the technical difficulties, it just didn't just didn't feel great. So we're going to redo it. Well, I'm going to redo it and hopefully that's okay by everybody. Um, I'm also coming to the realization that I've got to stop pussyfooting around this, uh, the podcasting. I really want to, I want to get after it. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to buck up and go and dump some money into some good recording gear. Right now we're using just some lav mics and doing individual recordings and combining them afterwards. That worked well during COVID when we couldn't get together. But now that that's sort of wrapping up and we can get within QE of each other, I think it's going to be a good move to invest in some better gear where we can record together, feed off each other's vibes. So yeah, technical issues are still still haunting me. Trying to get those behind me, um, just so we can provide a better better service to you guys. So, but if you have made it this far with our shoddy audio quality, I really appreciate it. Anyway, what I really want to talk about was a recent bear hunt we were just on uh, a week ago. Well, today's Saturday, so it was last Sunday we were out hunting. Um, Taylor and I, it just seems that every spring the first good hunt we do is together, and it's not by design, it's more just coincidence, but we always have a good time, no matter what happens. It's always a good time when him and I hit the hit the mountains together in search of anything. So we're mulling over a couple of ideas and uh, we're struggling with the snow melt this year. So yes, there's bears up and moving around, you know, in the valley bottoms, in the timber and stuff like that. But I really had my heart set on an alpine bear, a high country bear, um, you know, spot and stalk, just what our style is. I really wanted... I wanted to fill that void. Um, last year, we had a great spring. It was, the snow melted really quick. We were able to get into the Alpine. We spent the you know, most of the hunting season hunting in the Alpine with the bow. Um, and that just left me with a hunger for Alpine bear hunting that until last Sunday was really not filled. So... I've killed bears before down on the valley bottoms and in the timber and stuff like that. And yeah, they're, it's a great hunt. Um, you get some really big bears, but I just wanted something different this time. So I know a lot of people have already been out killing bears, but I didn't start my season until last week. I did a couple of scouting trips to see if the snow would melt it off. It was still there, still present, giving us grief. Um, and I just didn't think the bears would be up in the alpine. So anyway, last Sunday, 
Taylor and I sort of yeah came together on a plan and we knew I had already scouted. I knew we weren't going to get up really high, but we knew of some avalanche shoots that might be clear. So anybody knows avalanche shoots green up really quick. Um, they've always got good feed. You know what I mean? You're not you're not not in timber. It's normally a nice open country. It's normally rough and steep country, but it's open. You know, so we're going to get some nice grasses, some yeah, some good bear food straight away. I've been up to this spot a couple of times in the past. It's a great spot. It's the access isn't difficult, or at least wasn't in the past. Uh, this Sunday we did run into some access issues. The the road getting up there is just really eroded, really washed out. Um, I tried to push the forerunner up there, but it didn't like it at all. We're making some really bad noises. Taylor's eyes are lighting up. He hopped out of the car to try and spot me at one point and just, it was a deer in the headlights at what I was trying to do. And I probably should have fed off that energy and backed out before I got us kind of stuck. But anyway, so we had to bail out of the car, left the car. Actually, Taylor had left his car further down the mountain again. So he had to jump in with me for, I don't know, a couple of kilometers and then then we yeah they left my car anyway i had to hike up the access still wasn't bad it was still pretty easy to get up there and you just you know when you just know about a hunt you just know you've just got that feeling like it's going to happen it could happen today it was like that so we're hiking up there taylor was running a bow um not exactly by choice but because he's waiting on his his firearms license to renew and with this whole covid there's been a bit of a delay put on that poor bugger so he showed up with his bow and you know like we didn't uh we didn't outright discuss what the plan would be but um it was obvious to both of us that a bow hunt was going to be difficult um so we were probably the op it would the bow hunting probably would have been the opportunity opportunity shots you know if we would snuck up on one bumped one you know if there was one within within range sort of without too much of a uh yeah, too much screwing around. It was definitely a rifle hunting area. Once we got up there, we realized that. So we get up and, uh, yeah, within seconds of getting to where we want to set off on this hunt, we're glassed into the first avalanche shoot. And, yeah, sure enough, there's a nice boar in there. Um, he's just mulling around, feeding. In classic style, Chris Prince style, I do no preparation. I just decide, let's kill this thing. And let's kill it now. Um, I've got the rangefinder out. It's 590 yards. There's no way I'm taking that shot from there. Um, I have been practicing my long range shooting. If anybody follows me on Instagram, they see that I've been uh, out a lot, shooting a lot, going through a lot of bullets. Um, and I am I am extending my range. Right now, I probably would, under the right circumstances, I would take that 500 yard shot. This was not the right, This, I mean, that was a 590 shot I was presented with, but I, there was really no shot. I'd be shooting through trees. There was no spot to lay down, get a good rest. It, it was There was no shot. Uh, so, and we're kind of looking up valley. So I try, we want to close the distance. We're going to move so that we're, we're going to move up valley so that we're directly across from the, ve- the bear. That's going to close the distance just by reducing the angle between us. Um, and hopefully we find a better spot to lay down, take a shot. So we start charging up this valley, and if anybody's been in the avalanche shoot country, it's thick, nasty, um, slide orders, devil's club. 
there's really not a flat spot to get anywhere. There's really no spots to glass. Um, so we just keep pushing, keep pushing until we find a spot that is conducive to getting a bit of a look-see. And it actually worked out really well because we get a little more elevated as well and we could look out, we could see above the brush on our side of the valley. As fate would have it, that bear is no longer there. It's uh, It's gone. It's given us the slip. And yeah, that's how it goes with bear hunting. They're there one minute, then they're gone the next. So we just, we, we hold tight. Um, we kind of convince ourselves that the the country's good. We've already seen a bear. So, you know, sit tight. We might not see that bear again, but we might see another one. So that's the plan. Just hunker down, glass. That's bear hunting at its finest. It's sit around, quiet, quiet, and then all of a sudden, boom, chaos. And that's that's basically what happened. Taylor and I separated a few times so we could check out different areas, just, you know, getting bored, sitting on the glass. You know, we wanted to stretch our legs. While Taylor was out on one of these little ventures, uh, that bear showed itself. It actually crawled out of its den. Um, and that's something I I want to learn more about, like, with the bears and their dens. How much, How long will that bear continue to use its den after it's in rabbit ears, hibernation period? Um like, will it continue to use it throughout the year, or is or had that bear just recently emerged and it was just, you know, um, still sticking close? If anybody anybody has answers to that, you know, uh, hit me up on Instagram and give me some give me some feedback because I'd love to learn more about that. Uh, yeah, how a bear uses its den. But I watched this bear come out of its den through the binoculars, which was super cool. Um, Taylor wasn't there. And for a moment, I thought, all right, well, I'm just going to go for it. Um, I'm within range. I'm, I was, uh, I think I was at 360 at this point. So I jumped behind the rifle and I'm considering taking a shot. I start doing my due diligence and I realized that if Taylor does decide to come back down the trail, he could quite easily walk in between me and the rifle and that bear. And I probably wouldn't see it until it was too late. So... We I aborted that plan like that's you know that's not <laughs> I don't need a hole in Taylor while we're back in the bush there. So I run down the trail and catch catch up to him, give him the whistle, start waving my arms like, "Hey, come on, it's go time." He knew exactly what was happening. He starts running back, and again, we get set up, got the phone scope set up on the rifle, and that bear slips again, and it just sort of slipped behind some trees. We could still see a bit of fur every now and then, but again, not an ethical shot. So I took the time to actually get a little bit closer and a little more, yeah, um, yeah, straight on with the bear. And I got that, I got my range down to 300 even, and I had a really flat, really solid surface to lay on. Had the backpack under the rifle, um, which if anybody follows me on the Instagram, yeah, I, uh, I was been going between backpacks and bipods for a little while, and I'm really digging the shooting off the backpack. I actually take off my bino harness and put it underneath the the butt of the stock as well. So it's I got a front and a rear bag. Super solid for me. I'm feeling really confident. Taylor's on the phone scope for me. We're laying down, waiting, and uh, that bear springs out from behind the trees. Um, I tell Taylor, "Yep, I'm, as soon as he gives me a shot, I'm going to take it." Bears, I guess, it would be facing towards us, head head facing towards us, a little bit downhill. Um, he starts to wheel around slowly, slowly, and you know, I'm getting a very sharp quartering two angle. Um, it crossed my mind at one point to 
I should just rewind a second. I've, I had just finished telling Taylor that I, I'm nervous about shooting bears because I've just seen too many bears get shot, run, and end up not recovered. I've been on the end of one of those myself. Um, it hurts. It sucks. It makes me want to not hunt anymore. And I just finished finished telling Taylor that I was very nervous about that and when hunting bears and that I have like some, some rules that I put in place when I take a shot at bears, um, like proximity to thick cover, uh, like things like that. Taylor really put my mind to these, which, you know, he's, he's really good for that. He's the voice of reason for me at a lot of times. He just said, hey man, don't think about that. Just like focus on making a good shot and this is going to work out. And he wasn't wrong. I was super calm on the rifle, waited for that, that bear to wheel around. We're not at full broadside by the time he gets there. He's, you know, a little bit off, but it's, it's good enough. Um, I take this shot. It just feels great. Uh, the bear, at this point, I'm looking, the bear would be traveling right to left through my, you know, from my point of view. So I hammered the bear in the left side, um, and this bear just... L- just dove um, down the hill, a bit of a quick scramble, and then landed in a divot. And just knowing what I know about bears, what I was saying before, it's not time for celebration just because you pulled the trigger. Um, it's time to rack another one and just stay on the scope and make sure that bear's down, make sure that bear's not going anywhere, make sure that bear's dead. So that's what I did. I just stayed super calm, racked another one, got the, the crosshairs right back on the bear. Um, all I could see at this point was fur. Um, the bear was obviously hit, so if uh, if I had to take a second shot, I um, yeah, I'd be a little more. I wouldn't be as careful as I would be on the first shot. You know what I mean? If that bear was, if it wasn't an optimal shot, but the bear was wounded and I really I wanted to stop it, I would still take that shot. Thankfully, in this situation, I didn't need to take that shot. That bear was down, done, no movement whatsoever. Um, that's that's when we that's when we can celebrate. That's when we can say say what we need to say to each other. And Taylor gives me hugs. It's good shooting, blah blah blah. Um, at this point, it's about five thirty, so we've still got four hours of daylight. We've actually got Eric Schatz um, coming from North Van. To join us on this hunt he has no idea that we've just shot a bear so he's going to be he's walking blindly into this situation that i hope he's going to be cool with um i know he had been on the fence about bear hunting for a long time but i mean if he was coming out to hunt bears yeah you know, i uh, just figured it was going to be okay so uh yeah straight to work strip out our backpacks get them as light as possible we leave the spotters the tripods we just leave everything uh, right there, where we gl- where we shot from, basically, we've got to scurry down an avalanche shoot on our side. So we're running through scree and some boulders. Um, we've got to cross a river that, at the time, at this t- at five thirty, was you know mid shin deep, just over the boots at some points. Not that bad. Um, scurry across that river and then up the other side to the bear. This hunt really just had it all for for me and Taylor. It was um spot well it wasn't really much stalking but it was spot and stalk style you know we're spotting from a distance um and then getting into position for a decent shot uh just amazing terrain 
you know, bright green grasses, avalanche shoots, mountain goats. Uh, so when the bears weren't participating, we were watching mountain goats, getting some footage of mountain goats, which was really, really cool. Um, yeah, it was just everything about it was really good. So we got over to that bear and um, I had the, cam- the the big camera with me, the DSLR. So we played around, took some photos, um, tried to... Nick wasn't with us, unfortunately, so we tried to do Nick's job for him, which, <laughs> man, I take my hat off to that guy. He's really, he's really good on that camera, and um, yeah, I want to, I want to aspire. I'm aspiring to be even a fraction of that skill level at some point. So about, uh, it took Eric a while to get to us, but he eventually we spotted him on the trail where we spot took the shot from, and we started yelling out and hollering to him. He. Uh, didn't 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 muck around. He was straight down that boulder field, straight across the river and up to us real quick. Um, he made some joke. You know, we asked him like, "Would well, you take your boots off in the river? Like, how did you do it?" Just out of curiosity, and he was making some jokes at us that he had that he had that question he had that conversation with himself: Should I take my boots off or should I leave them on? And he figured that we were going to make fun of him regardless of what he did, <laughs> which isn't true. We left our boots on because. It was a day hunt. New guys out some wet feet. You'll be okay. Eric showed up and this, and he like really just reinvigorated me. I was feeding off his energy, and I think Taylor was feeding off his energy as well. Taylor and I have done this so many times together. It's just so you know, obviously it means something, and we're happy. But it really is um, like the processing side of it is just work. Like okay, we know what we need to do next. We've got some photos. Um, we know what we, we know what we're doing, and let's just do it. We can do it without communicating. We can just do it. Uh, but Eric had just walked up on his first ever dead bear, and that was pretty. I don't know if heavy is the right word for him, but definitely impactful. Um, yeah, he was definitely taken back by the situation, and that was not in a bad way. He was taken back. He was taken back in a good way, in that he appreciated the the, the whole thing, the moment, the situation. And that was just kind of a cool dynamic for Taylor and I to feed off of. So that that really added to the experience. So we get this, yeah, we get everyone loaded up, and what? As soon as we get to the creek, sun's gone. We're in the dark. It's headlamps across the creek, and it's headlamps up the boulder fields on the scree on the other side. It's headlamps through the alders. It's it's pretty nasty. That river in four hours' time was up an extra foot higher. I I would imagine. It was touching our knees and at times above our knees, the water level. So that was um, an interesting thing to, an interesting takeaway that just because you crossed the river earlier in the day doesn't mean that it's not going to be higher later in the day. It was very, um, yeah, it was interesting. And the hike out always feels longer. And it's not because of the heavy packs. It's just, well, I think when you're going in, you've got blind optimism for what's to come. But when you're going out, you, you, you know, everything's, all the buckets are full. There's nothing more to look forward to apart from maybe taking the backpack off. But anyway, it felt a hell of a lot longer getting out. And that distance from uh, where we first spotted the bear to where we ended up having to park my forerunner, that area multiplied tenfold. That was a long stretch, it felt like. Obviously, it didn't, but it was just a... It was a long hike out. This hunt, we, uh, 
Yeah, this hunt we we really Taylor and I both rated as probably like the best day hunt we've ever been on. And I'm going to put it up there with just one of the best hunts I've been on. Period. And it's not anything to do with the success of the hunt that we got a nice bore down, who's beautiful by the way. And I bring the I bring out the hide as well. And we're gonna I'm gonna get a mount done because I really just want to. The bear was beautiful. Had this beautiful love heart shape on its chest. And I want to remember that. So, yeah, it's not to do with the bear that that hunt was. Uh, you know, so enjoyable to us. It was definitely the romance of the whole situation. I know that term gets thrown around a lot, the romance of mountain hunting, but it's real. Um, just the area, just the, the the hunting experience, the setup for the shot, the being there with friends, um, especially being there with friends, given the, you know, what we've just been going through with uh, the COVID and now they're starting to open up BC and things like that. So, being able to reconnect with your buddies on a level that FaceTime just doesn't allow, that certainly added to the whole experience. Yeah, this was just like a hunt for the ages for us. Like, we're not going to forget this one. Um, I'm certainly not. And I'm sure the boys won't either. Definitely Eric. Eric is, um, in the original podcast that we recorded, Eric had a lot to say about the matter, which I'm not even going to attempt to retell, but he, um, he spent a lot of time thinking about this and processing this, and we we actually have a hunt planned, Eric and I, and some and Nick and uh, another fella, Sean. We've got a, a bit. We've got a bear hunt planned, um, and this was the first time that I realised that Eric was even on the fence about taking taking a bear for himself. So that was very interesting to learn. I'm glad I learned that before we're in the mountains and he's the trigger man um but i think once he gets a mouthful of uh this bear that we got a week ago i think uh, everything's going to change for him once he realizes that they are good eating um the hunts are amazing they're great animals um i think that what what he called what he was referring to was the stigma of bear hunting which is a real thing i'll admit that i just call bs on some of it in a way um yeah, I think that's going to be a thing of the past for him. I think we're going to make a bear hunter out of him. This is the first bear I've ever actually butchered myself. Um, I've always normally sent it to a butcher and had sausages done or, you know, just butchered for cuts. Uh, this one I'm doing doing by myself. I've done most of it. I think I've just got the fronts in the fridge to sort out and then I'm happy to let them sit there for a little bit longer and just rest. That's okay. But the meat is just, oh my God, unreal. If trichinosis wasn't a thing, I could really be tempted to just eat some of this meat, medium rare, rare um, as a steak. It's just unreal. Big, heavy grained meat, um, as red as red, like red like red wine. Just beautiful and smells magnificent. It doesn't smell like... I've had bears that haven't smelled good and I've noticed they come out of the valley bottoms where they're eating skunk cabbage, um, you know, like the, the wild onion, the onion weeds or whatever they are, you know, the very pungent plants. I find that the, the meat smells like that. This bear does not smell like that. This bear smells amazing. My wife, who's just got a nose on her, um, for foul smells even said that she enjoyed the smell of the raw meat even when I cooked it up I cooked up a little bit late at night 
um, after while well, I was butchering one night, I just said, I'm going to cook this. And I try and do this with all my animals, just cook a little bit with no seasoning, just, just cook it up and try it, just see what the meat tastes like on its own. Um, and she was not offended by the smell. She was, yeah, really into the whole thing. So I think this is going to be good eating bear, and I think it's going to be a good bear to share around to people that are on the fence about bear hunting. So I'm really excited about that. I actually decided to take a section of my thumb off while I was butchering. Um, that's the first time that's happened when I'm butchering an animal at home. Um, Taylor actually cut himself a couple of times in the bush when we were um, skinning and quartering out the bear. But yeah, this is the first time I've cut myself. And um, man, when you get cut with cut with a sharp knife, those things just bleed and bleed and bleed. There's really not much forgiveness in them, which is uh, a bit of a bummer. It's healing though. It's coming together. Right, um, yeah. So in a couple of weeks, we've got that hunt with Eric, Sean, and Taylor. That one's again going to be high country. Probably going to have a bit of snow, but I think we're going to be um, like we've got some really warm weather coming up. So I think the the grasses and the plants are growing up there. So I think we're going to have a pretty good bear hunt. Um, I'm going to take a second tag. I'm definitely interested in taking two spring bears. Um, like we'll get through it for sure i share all my meat with uh, my in-laws so we definitely yeah we'll definitely get through that meat i'm also going to do my own sausage making this year so that's going to be really fun to share again with the boys at work and such like that take it to site we can have barbecues so um i've never i've never had too much meat i've had a, i've had enough meat where i can eat it without um being conservative and that's a good place to me. So we've got a family of four. Then I've got my in-laws. So there's another two. So there's six people that I can easily uh, feed meat to. So the, in, in my case, the more meat, the better. If you're a single lad, I don't think you need to go and cut a bunch of tags. But I mean, you do you. Anyway, uh, we're going to wrap that up. That's a nice quick and short one. Just a solo episode. Uh, we'll see what sort of feedback we get from this. If you've, anybody's got any thoughts on the, on the solo podcast, I'd love to hear them. Uh, hopefully we don't have to do too many of them solo, but if I uh, have some feedback to make them better, I'd love to hear it. Anyway, guys, thanks for making it this far. Um, head over to my Instagram account, at Chris Pren. Um, there's a a story saved on there, a story reel, highlight reel, something, whatever, whatever it's called. Um, and I've got some photos and some video of the hunt going down. Me and Taylor and Eric out there on the pack out and... Um, yeah, just uh, get in there and soak it up and tell me what you think. Love to hear from you guys. Cheers, guys. Till next time. Bye-bye.